Hey, Fempreneurs, Lindsay Berry here. If you feel like you're always out there on social media and you're doing a great job of staying active, but you're not finding that people are converting into paying clients or they're not taking advantage of even your free gift that you're offering in exchange for email addresses, then you probably need to work on the language that you're putting out there, the wording, the message. We call that, you know, a call to action. Um, when I started learning about sales and marketing, I was training to be a financial advisor. And of course, the term financial advisor, for those of you who know my story, <laughs> really is a sneaky title that means financial product salesperson. So what they taught us in my financial advisor training was to ask for the order. So in this episode, I'm going to teach you the stuff that I learned that was pure gold and the things that I have completely changed and revamped and found tons of success with in the world of marketing um, now, of course, as someone who does still does the financial services side of things, but also uh, I do a lot of work um, in the marketing world. And that is, of course, through my books and through my marketing school and through one-on-one -on -one coaching and website design, all the things that I do. So I'm going to teach you how I word that stuff, how I come up with some call that copy. And I'm going to share all of that today in this episode. Thank you so much for being here listening to the podcast, sharing it with other women. So, so appreciate that you, um, you're just part of our community. Even if you haven't joined Fempreneurland yet and you're just listening to the podcast, I'm so, so grateful that you're here and I want to know you. So please reach out to me on Instagram, send me a DM, say, Hey, I listened to this podcast about asking for the order and tell me what you think of this episode. I want to connect with you. I want to know you by name. I want to know what you look like. I want to be able to share the stuff you're posting on Instagram with our audience. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening and connecting with me. One more thing before we start this episode, the book I'm talking about right off the bat is, if you know me, you can probably guess, it's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. That's the book I'm talking about right off the bat. All right, let's get in there. So I want to talk about taking all the amazing things that you guys have been building and adding a dose of technology to your marketing strategy to create uh, one or more money machines. So this is, uh, I like to play Russian roulette with this book, much like many of my favorite books that are quite thick. And I like to just like, what do you have for me today? And what it had for us was this uh, quote so that I kind of dug deeper and built this presentation. So to get an accurate indicator of commercial viability, don't ask people if they would buy. Just ask them to buy. The response to the second is the only one that matters. So one of the things that we did in when I was at Edward Jones, when I was at their head office in Mississauga and we were doing like sales training, we were doing uh, a lot of role playing and it, it was it's kind of back to that CTA, that call to action thing, but we called it the AFO. So it was like, you know, you butter them up, you talk to them about their feelings and then you AFO. But that always felt really awkward to me um, because I felt like they might feel like I was just, you know, talking to them so that I could sell to them. It was really horribly unnatural. But when you attach money, uh, like a little bit of investment money on your side to paid ads through Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you know, you've got an AFO, you got to ask for the order, right? You've got to let them know what you've got, why it's awesome and be like, here's something for you. Because when you put your 
awesome thing that you have, whether it's a course, whether it's a live course or a pre-recorded course, um, or maybe it's a like an evergreen course where they get a free 30 minute workshop. And then from that, you sell them something, whatever it is that you're putting out there through paid ads, you want that you want to be really clear what you've got to offer, right? So, um, so my challenge to you this week is going to be to look into ways to use some paid ads through either Google AdWords, Facebook, or Instagram. I would choose at least two of these platforms to run some paid ads on. And if you're not going to send them to, for example, like a Square Up link or your Squarespace website uh, purchase page, then you've got to make sure you've got something that you've used that you know works that's super streamless, uh, like streamlined and and just seamless for them. Because if they click that ad in, in Facebook or they Google something and your ad comes up in Google and they click it and then you've got some glitchy thing happen, they're, they're bailing, right? So we need to know that our technology is, is seamless, it's like seamless and streamlined. So once you're hundred percent sure of that, then it's time to move into uh, creating money machines. And these are of course ways for you to put a little bit of money into paid ads. And I've had huge success with Facebook and Instagram ads. I haven't used Google AdWords, but I want to, and I have some new things that are coming up that I plan to use Google AdWords for. Um, and so do a little research into how to use Google AdWords. There's tons of great information. It's, it's as simple as using Facebook or Instagram ads. It's just a different sort of setup. Um, I'm gonna read Doug's story to you and then I'm gonna get you to, um, actually I might've missed something here, hold on. Uh, oh yeah, no, I've gotta go back. I've got to go back to my pink. I'm using my little um, sticky notes, Shannon, from your little book of sticky notes, by the way. It's pretty fantastic. I like it because I like flagged my notebook to where I need to read in the book. So this is this is coming back to getting an accurate indicator of the commercial viability thing. That is very similar to, of course, the one thing I say about Rachel Hollis that she said from stage that really hit me all the time, which was keep putting out good enough and getting feedback. So what I want you, okay, I'll get there in a second. So Fewer than 5% of the 195,000 books published each year sell more than 5,000 copies. <clears throat> Teams of publishers and editors with decades of combined experience fail more times than not. The founder of Borders Books lost $375 million of investor funding with Webvan, a nationwide grocery delivery service. The problem, no one wanted it. So, you know, lots of times businesses put things out there and they don't put just a little bit of investment money in, they put too much and they lose money, right? So there's, so I think Tim's point is like really that intuition and experience are poor predictors of which products and businesses will be profitable. Focus groups are equally misleading. Ask 10 people if they would buy your product. Then tell those who said yes, that you have 10 of them in your car and ask them to buy. The initial positive responses given by people who want to be liked and aim to please become polite refusals as soon as real money is at stake. So then, he, then the quote comes in to get an accurate indicator of commercial viability. Don't ask people if they would buy, ask them to buy because the response to the second is the only one that matters. So that whole putting out good enough and getting feedback, putting out good enough and getting feedback. And once you've got something, you guys have been doing that for months and years you know that you've got some good stuff now but it's still a good idea to put out when it comes to ads when it comes to ads the pictures and videos you attach to those paid ads 
because the product behind is the same, right? So say you've got three paid ads that you've created. One is a video of you outside wearing a purple shirt. One is a video of you sitting in front of your computer wearing a green shirt. One of them is a picture with some text on it, just like a couple words. And you put those three ads out, you put, you know, 20 bucks on each of them. You want to see, you're going to see some numbers. You're going to see some analytics as to what is actually working out there in your marketing. So this is where that whole, um, you know, asking people to buy from you comes into play, but how you ask them to buy is really important. And simply by running an experiment like this, you guys, you can figure out what kind of ads work best for your audience, because of course you're going to choose your demographic. You're going to choose your location. So if you choose the same demographic, same location, same product behind the, the AFO, and you have three types of ads and you have one that outperforms the rest, like amazing, right? Amazing, valuable data. And then if you bring that back to the masses, to your little, your little femme team here, and you show them what's working for you, you can save a lot of people, a lot of time and money. So, um, Doug's story. I'm going to read that to you now. And then I want you to jot down anything as I'm reading this that makes you say holy F balls or anything shocking at all to you. Yellow sticky note. Found it. Okay. So Douglas Price was waking up to another beautiful summer morning in his Brooklyn brownstone. First things, coffee. The jet lag was minor considering he had just returned from a two week jaunt through the islands of Croatia. It was just one of six countries he had visited in the last 12 months. Japan was next on the agenda. Buzzing with a smile and his coffee mug in hand, he ambled over to his Mac to check on personal email first. There were 32 messages and all brought good news. One of his friends and business partners, also a co-founder of LimeWire, does anybody remember LimeWire? some of you, had an update. Last Bamboo, so the Last Bamboo is the name of a company, so this is their startup that was poised to reinvent peer-to-peer -peer technology, was rounding the final corners of development. It could be their billion-dollar baby, but Doug was letting the engineers run wild first. Samson Projects, this is another name of, uh, a, it's the name of an art gallery in Boston, had compliments for Doug's latest work and requests for expanded involvement with new exhibits as their sound curator. So Doug is a sound curator. He creates audio. The last email in his inbox was a fan letter addressed to Demon Doc and praise for his latest instrumental hip hop album, uh, whatever it's called. I don't really know what that word means. Doug had released this album as what, as what he termed open source music. Anyone could download the album for free and he and use sounds from any track in his or her own co composition. So this is super commonplace now. Like for Megan and I, we shopped for a new podcast song. There's tons of online databases that you can go and buy music to use for whatever, whether it be for your, your ads that you're going to create for these, right? You can buy a catchy little tune. You can pay like six bucks for it, download it, use it however you want. So this is kind of back when this was a newer thing. This book, of course, is getting kind of old. I can't remember how old it is. It's over 10 years old, um, but it's still just a, a great story. So he smiled again, polished off his dark roast and opened a window to deal with business email next. It would take much less time. In fact, less than 30 minutes for the day and two hours for the week. How much things change. Two years earlier in June, 2004, 
I was in Doug's apartment. So this is Tim talking. I was in Doug's apartment checking email for what I hoped would be the last time for a long time. I was headed to JFK airport in New York in a matter of hours and was preparing for an indefinite quest around the world. Doug looked on with amusement. He had similar plans for himself and was finally extricating himself from a venture funded internet startup that had once been a cover story and his passion, but was now just a job. The euphoria of the dot-com era was long dead, along with most chances for a sale or an IPO. He bid me farewell and made a decision as the taxi pulled from the curb. Enough of the complicated stuff. It was time to return to basics. So now it goes into the story of prosoundeffects.com, which Doug launched in January of 2005 after one week of sales testing on eBay. So he did something similar to what we're talking about here. He did sales testing for his products, right? So it was designed to do one thing, give Doug lots of cash with minimal time investment. We like that, right, ladies? So this brings us back to his business inbox of 2006. So we're back and Doug is sitting there, finished his coffee. He's checked his email, takes 30 minutes a day. So there are 10 orders in his business email inbox for sound libraries, which are CDs that film producers, musicians, video game designers, and other audio professionals use to add hard to find sounds, whether the purr of a lemur or an exotic instrument to their own creations. These are Doug's products, but he doesn't own them as that would require physical inventory and upfront cash. His business model is more elegant than that. Here is just one revenue stream. So this is like listed out in bullet points. So step one is a prospective customer sees his pay-per-click advertising on Google. So he's doing Google AdWords and he gets paid every time, he pays every time someone clicks one of his ads. So, um, and they click through to his website, prosoundeffects.com. Step two, the prospect orders a product for $325, which is the average purchase price because his prices range from $29 to $7,500 on not, a, not an actual website, but on a Yahoo shopping cart. So back in the day, Yahoo shopping carts, like you can build one on Google, you know, we can build them on MailChimp um, and link up a Square or a Stripe product, right? So he's doing that. And then a PDF with all their billing and shipping information is automatically emailed to Doug when the customer processes their purchase. And then three times a week, Doug presses a single button in that Yahoo management page to charge all of his customers credit cards and put the cash in his bank account. Then he saves the PDFs as Excel purchase orders and emails all of those to the manufacturers of the CD libraries. Those companies mail products to Doug's customers. This is called drop shipping. We've all heard of it. This is what a lot of the products that are on Amazon are doing. They're never actually touching anything. They're actually just, they created something, they set up a back office system and people fulfill the orders for them and they go to the customers. So Doug pays the manufacturers of these CDs as little as 45% of the retail price. And he pays it up to 90 days later. So let's look at the mathematical beauty of it. Tim, of course, gets super nerdy here, breaks it all down. Long story short, his, his pre-tax profit is $167 for one sale or the average sale. So if you multiply that by 10, because remember he had 10 sitting in his inbox, he's at $1,673 in profit for that 30 minutes of work that he just did that day. So he's making about, you know, because he, he did 30 minutes of work, if you double it, he's making $3,347 per hour. 
And of course, this doesn't factor in probably the many hours it took to create this platform back before he got it tweaked to what it is now. It's a money machine now, but like that's a pretty impressive, uh, you know, that's a pretty impressive setup that he's created for himself and people are doing this all the time. So he less he works less than two hours a week, often pulls more than $10,000 per month, and there is no financial risk whatsoever because nothing is manufactured unless someone buys it, right? So now Doug spends his time making music, traveling, and exploring new businesses for excitement. ProSoundEffects.com is not his end-all be-all, but it has removed all financial concerns and freed his mind to focus on other things. Now, I love this question, and we're going to dive into this in a minute. What would you do if you didn't have to think about money? What would you do if you had a money machine that was paying you $10,000? Maybe you had a couple other money machines come, you know, money coming in. Maybe you're still doing some live coaching because you love it and you love to, you know, work with people. But like, if you didn't have to think about money, what would your life look like? So, um, yeah, I'm just curious to know, like, what stands out for you? Because obviously in the marketing school, we don't talk a lot about physical products. We don't talk a lot about drop shipping and creating these online money machines. But I thought it was, uh, I just felt like we needed to dive into it a little bit. So is anything standing out about Doug's story or anything at all? Yeah, I know I've been doing a lot of talking. Story time, not a bedtime, but first thing in the morning. What's standing out for you guys about Doug's story? Just unmute yourself and shout out anything. This is definitely something that I've been like, we've talked about what I want to do through my website is have like a drop ship for products that people who, you know, whether they were Pilates clients and they need foam rollers or miracle balls or straps or yoga mats or um, essential oils, um, massage lotion, like the herbs, the, the vitamins, the list is endless. And I'm kind of stuck. I've been doing some research, like what do people actually buy? And then what are the, the legal ramifications when it comes to um, NHP products, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. So Good. yeah, I've already been thinking about all this. Good. It's selling stuff that's not like, it's not my time, right? And I'm trying yeah. to get a way of selling time. Right. So yeah, Doug's awesome, smart. Tim and Doug, Doug, right we like you. We want to be more like you. That's right. Yeah. And I would live on a farm. I would have my farm if I didn't. If I if money wasn't a concern, I'd have my chickens and my goats. Oh look, where are we going right pig. here? Look, 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 look. That's look, look. totally. I'd have my garden and my greenhouse, and <laughs> yeah, and people would come once a month for a retreat, and I would love them up and fix all their ills. Mm -hmm. I shared. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing. Has anyone uh, got anything else that stands out about Doug's story? If not, that's totally fine. But if something we want to share, please share. I just love the freedom about it. It's like he's just free to, you know, money's being made in the background and, and he's got the freedom to do what he wants. And like I would, I've been creating my um, self-study program and got it on mostly all on, on this platform, uh, Thinkific. And I can sell, I can sell it uh, through my website and sell it through there. And 
I would love for that just to be, you know, making me thousands of dollars while I sleep. And my thing that I would do is I would, um, like I, I'm always deeply committed to give my time mm-hmm. and especially to people who like, I seem to always have lots of women come to me and ask me for, you know, advice or time. And that's what I would do. I would give more of my time to build other people up and just to have that freedom to be able to do more of that and not feel like, um, not feel like I just need to always be charging for my time. We're actually going to dive more into this and journal on it a little bit at the end or like in a few minutes. So I'm glad you guys are already like, yeah, I know what I would do. That's awesome. Awesome. Anyone else have any Doug ahas or things that just got him a little fired up? Got you guys a little fired up? Maybe. Or scared because I can't answer the question because <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm with Colette. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how do I make it work in my business? Yeah. This took me back to, of course, Shannon, our conversation on the patio eating carrot cake. Like, you know, this is the kind of thing that really you, you can do. It's just a matter of getting your business set up to run without you the day to day. So you can put a little focus into setting this kind of stuff up, right. With your kits, with some sort of physical product that has to be, you know, but then we of course have to figure out the drop shipping, but there's all the companies are out there, right? Like companies that will do this. Unfortunately, I guess maybe, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, a lot of them are in China. So if you come up with what you want and you want it to go out in this package, this kit, Shannon, you know, it's a matter of finding the right company that will put those products in a box the way you want them and ship them out so that you never have to touch anything. It's all, it's all possible. So ultimately I just hope that it gets you excited to know that any idea you have is possible. Anything you want to do is possible. The, the key is to know your target audience, right? And if you know that your target audience wants certain things and you test it and make sure, right? And, um, and you test it by actually offering it. And so you don't go to drop shipping first because it costs a lot of money to set up a drop sh- shipping system. You would, Shannon, start by packaging those boxes in store for the first month or two. Once the scale gets too big and you're like wanting to, punch yourself in the face because it's so much work, then you know that you've got the the people and then you find a solution, right? China contacts who do manufacturing. Awesome, Noreen. Yes, actually, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so that's fantastic. So any of you who have ideas, you know, like obviously Carrie and Shannon both have the ability to market products, items, things to their people because their people want them and use them. So you know, keep, keep percolating on it. Keep getting excited about it. You don't have to have answers. You don't have to know what to do with that excitement. Just be excited because that's the fuel for the fire of whatever it is that you're going to do down the road. Right. And more money machines, the better, more money machines, the better, the less, like Carrie said, time in exchange for money, the better. So keep percolating on that. Never stop dreaming. Woo! Okay. And if you want to dream big, read this book. Oh my God. Oh my God. So good. Um, do you have an idea for a product to serve your niche market? What's holding you back from building it? Like maybe it's not even a physical item. Maybe it's an app, right? Maybe it's a a new guide, um, that you want to build like a workbook and you want to put it on Amazon, you know, as an actual book, 
So if there's something you want to do, it sounds like Noreen can help you with looking at maybe finding contacts in China, but like, how can we help you with your idea or with that thing that you want to put out to your niche market? Like if there's something you need, please unmute yourself and talk about what you want to do and why you kind of feel like you're held back. Maybe we can help you with that. I was going to ask if anyone has done like an audio book. Yeah. Like what the difference is. Cause I reviewed all my content yesterday and I actually did last well, two years ago. Um, I do have the audio version of my book, my workbook. I just, it's all segmented and I don't know how to put it together. Yeah. I haven't you I haven't put my audio book on audible before my audio book. I put on a platform called CD baby. And that's because at the time, uh, Canadians couldn't put an audiobook on Audible. I'd have to have a company in the U.S. and I would have had to, like, it was really, it was awful. I was, like, really pissed at, at Amazon for a while. But now that's changed. So you can put your book on Amazon. I just don't know where to start with that because I haven't done the, uh, the Audible because Audible and Amazon are obviously all part of the same deal. But it's possible. So let's keep going down that path because I think that's a great idea. I think a book like yours um, is, yeah, absolutely. And have them even follow along on a page on your website with click on this video next and then click on this video next to see what you're talking about, Colette. Anyone else have anything to add to that about audiobooks and things like that? Uh, Colette, I'm in the process of doing mine and I've obviously edited uh, Lindsay's podcast. So if you need help with that, I can help you. Thanks, Megan. I know for me, I don't really have products to sell, but I, I want to build more like mini courses. I know one of the things that Colette had asked me was, well, do you have anything else other than like your big uh, productivity mastery? And I do have the three levels, the self, um, you know, the self-study, the group and the, and the one-to-one -one coaching, but like breakout, I'm working on breaking out little, little courses, you know, just on emails and just on, and those I could just sell and, you know, be a money machine. Yeah. Google AdWords, the crap out of those, right? Like people Google probably every day. How do I get my email inbox to zero? How do I like, how do I, I not know. be one of those people? Like, I don't know what they would put into a Google search, but like to test the AdWords so that you know which ones. Yeah. Well, and I just read this research report through, um, cause I'm connected with BOMA International, which is all the building owners and managers uh, across North America. And the number one concern is uh, employers from employers and managers is the productivity of their people while working from home. Mm -hmm. And so getting that whole work from home productivity and really targeting that. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Like I was talking with my contact in China and he's like, yeah, it's a concern here too. So it doesn't matter. Um, so I think for me, building out more of those kind of courses and programs is what I need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's exciting. Very exciting. Anything else? I'm the same as Noreen. I've got, I'm just finishing up. I've got two more weeks of my workshops that are currently going on right now. 
and then um because I'm, I'm thinking like what what's the next offering for them what's the next process right and I'm just because I want to prioritize my book which will eventually be one of my products yes. um just mini courses so um yeah so yeah having those so and just thinking about like that's kind of like a fire under my butt like oh my gosh I better get those done or even having this course that I'm doing right now having the workbook and the automated so they can do it on their own and the slides and the video recordings and stuff like that getting all that done okay and so, you're on your writing retreat right now how's it going oh my gosh my bum is so sore I'm just like sitting for well, I remember the last writing retreat, like I was up this morning at 4.30, like just, um, and I'm, I was, I got here Sunday afternoon, I'm going home Wednesday night, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time, ah. so yeah. <laughs> so you're just a mad woman just giving her, so do you find you wake up, or like, with lots to write about, and then do you, do you find it, you need to take breaks, or how are you kind of spacing I'm taking you know? like exercise breaks I'm fast kind of doing like a cleanse fast thing right now too just to keep my mind clear and getting um just after Christmas and holidays and the COVID retreat <laughs> you know just getting my body back so yeah. um I do the only thing I'm gonna run out of is coffee I gotta go to the some more coffee grounds I'm drinking way too much coffee but uh yeah no I'm I'm yeah, I'm doing some extras, like I'm in Canmore, so I'm going for walks, and nice. getting breaks, but you're writing a lot, like holy cow, there's no distraction, it's amazing. Good, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. I was just looking at my jar of awesome yesterday, I gave it a new label, it had this other one, it was all wrinkly and old and gross, and so I made it a new label. So the jar of awesome is like all these awesome things that have happened or that I've made happen, and I write the date and what it is and put it in the jar, and I dug through it, just picked out one. And this is from September, 2017 says teaching the first workshop in my four part series, money success for moms today at the library. That was before I did it. <laughs> when I got there, I had, I think I had four women in the first one. I committed four Saturdays to do this right on Saturdays at the library I Had four women in the first one, only one of which I didn't know. And uh, I think I ended up shortening it to three because it just, yeah, I just didn't, it was one of those things where I was like, I super, was super excited. I built it, but what I ended up doing with it, which, which helped me kind of feel like it wasn't like, you know, a super big waste of time was I turned the material into an online course and I put it on, I think I, I think I used teachable back in the day. Um, but anyways, so yeah, long story short, you, you girls all have so much, you know, stuff that you can repurpose and make into virtual, you know, not live courses. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do think, uh, I think there's, there's definitely a need for it. And even to have that be like Rayanne and I have talked a lot about this, like not lately, but we've talked about it in the past, that whole evergreen thing, right? You, you put on a, a 30 minute free evergreen course, which means they go in they, they see it on their Instagram feed or they type it into Google and they, your thing comes up and they go and it's like, Hey, I've got this 30 minute workshop. It's totally free. Like it's a video of you saying that it's like, Hey, jump on in. I'm going to teach you this, this, and this. And then in that workshop, you give them kind of those three price points for their next steps, right? Those calls to action of what they can do next. And I know Megan, you used a system like that too, right? 
but you did a, you did a, um, you weren't teaching that live. Well, you were teaching it live for a while, but did you eventually switch over to having it just be a recording where they could just take it whenever? For the webinar or the workshop? Yeah. Yeah, I did, a, eventually I just recorded it. So it's on autoplay, yeah. Awesome, yeah. And what did you use for that? Like, how did you set that up tech-wise? Um, I actually have it. I had it through um, ClickFunnels at first, but because I already had all my courses in Thinkific, I have it free on my um, Thinkific main page. So it's a free web uh, webinar. They can just sign in and, and watch whenever. Right. And then from your free webinar, your kind of evergreen of webinar, then what are the calls to action in there that they can do for next steps? Uh, then I offer my uh, course connect with video that right. I made in COVID. Okay. And that's like a, that's not a live group thing. Like what you're doing now with a lot of the girls from the conference, that's like another pre-recorded type of a thing. Yeah. It's like eight modules that they just go through on their own and yeah. Cool. Well, cool. So yeah, so if you want help with doing anything like that, looks like you've got a couple uh, ladies in here that can help you with that. So that's all. I have a question, Lindsay. Yeah. So the, the workshop that we all developed for the conference, so would it make sense um, like to do Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever and get people like do that live or record it or whatever, but like kind of use that as a funnel that then then that's your evergreen and then the next step is whatever you've decided to do whatever your next step is that you figured out from that yeah, workshop absolutely. Absolutely. like the conference recording as it is you can use that as your evergreen course right as your free course the only thing you'd want to do is probably chop it at the end before you talk about your calls to action because those are time sensitive. You might even be mentioning time sensitive calls to action throughout that recording. So you might need to kind of just go in and edit it a little bit and, um, and maybe have a video of you kind of like, you know, hit the pause button on the workshop and you're like, Hey, this is a workshop I recorded in front of a bunch of women back in January. Um, this is what you can do right now to take the next steps. Um, anyways. I'm, and then, yeah, there you go. Going back to the workshop now, like you can kind of chop it and do some kind of editing like that with your video from the workshop. So yeah. And then of course your calls to action should be things that they can do now. And is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. I just don't know. Like, is, I just don't know how, like when we you started today talking yeah. about Facebook ads and stuff, like how, yeah. you know, I've signed up for workshop, free workshops. And then you, if it's pre-recorded, like you pick your day, you pick your time. Yeah. And then there's the the whole segmented, the emails, the sequence, sequential emails that are coming, like, don't forget you signed up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. like, is there like, will we be learning that or? So a couple workarounds that I've done that are completely free to use or carry part of your Squarespace website is I've created a product in my store in Squarespace and it is a virtual course. And what it is, is a PDF with clickable links that I built in Canva, clickable YouTube links to unlisted videos throughout the PDF. And I offer that PDF inside this paid item in my store. And what the people that click to buy are getting, they're clicking to buy, they're clicking to participate for free. They're getting a coupon code to get that, and there's a price tag on it, right? It's like $99 course. They're getting it 100% off. They're getting it for free using coupon code, blah, blah, blah. 
So I've done things like that before to kind of work around using any kind of a, a paid uh, teaching platform. Um, the other thing I've used is MailChimp and you can set up that email sequence like you're describing Carrie in MailChimp for free, which is exciting. You can set up a MailChimp sequence for free and you can have that first email come in with an unlisted YouTube video, which is your course, right? It's a video course. And so that can come into them and then they can receive maybe another email a couple days later and be like, like, how was it? Did you, what did you think of the course? If you didn't get a moment to watch it, here it is again. Like if you want to do that kind of thing, if you want to have them show up at a specific time and give them more of a live feel, like that's your call. I've never done that because I've been on the receiving end of those and I know it's recorded. So I know they're doing this scourgency thing, but like, to me, it's kind of like, mm, eh, you know, so it's up to you if you want to do um, you know, show up at a specific time, but I don't know that there's a free way to do that. So that would be something that'd be interesting if a few of you are going to research that because based on what I'm hearing, there isn't a free way to set up that, um, you know, join the two o'clock or the six o'clock webinar kind of thing without paying for a platform to do that. So yeah, really good, uh, really good questions though. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, put it out to all of you to do some research around building these money machines and bring back your findings next week. I'd like that to be really just like a brain dump of what we've learned, what we found, what we've put into play. So um, please really, if this is something you're feeling pulled to do this week, and I'm sure Carrie, it's not for you because you're staying focused on your book. So maybe just come with pen and paper next week and learn from everyone else's um, tips and tricks, but those of you who are, you know, Megan, maybe you want to kind of refresh that one that you've already got there on Thinkific, like Noreen, maybe you want to throw a couple new courses on Thinkific. Maybe some of you want to create an evergreen platform with, um, a paid, you know, platform doing all of the sequential stuff and that specific times that they're showing up. Maybe you want to build all that or start to bring your learnings to us next week, please. And thank you. So I want to give you guys some highlights from this massive book that I still haven't read cover to cover and his podcast, which I've listened to so much over the last like seven years. And these are my favorite tips for, um, uh, yeah, basically getting rid of overwhelm and being more productive. So check your email at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. That's it. Never any more than that. You're not, you're not responding to email like it's instant messaging. It's not. It's email. It's mail. It's basically like someone mailed you a letter and you will get back to them when you get back to them. Remove all notifications from your phone. If your phone bings and dings, do not allow that to continue one more day. Go in, remove all the notifications from every single app. The only thing this thing ever does is it rings when someone calls you. That's it. No little lights even, no visual. Like, you know, some phones light up when a mess. Don't even let it do that. If you don't know how, Google it. It'll teach you. Uh, that is going to distract you and derail you and you got to stop that. So your voicemail says, when someone calls you, they get your voicemail. It says, leave a message only if it's an emergency. Otherwise, text me. People do not leave you messages because that is such a time suck and it's so unnecessary. If it's an emergency, they leave a message only. This is Tim Ferriss's tip, and I think it's amazing. I, my voicemail says that. Don't work more to overcome overwhelm. Prioritize, eliminate, delegate, right? Don't work more. Don't keep going. 
just prioritize, eliminate, delegate. I mean, for me, there was a lot of financial constraint. I could not hire the number of people I wanted to hire to take away my overwhelm pain. So I had to push through a lot of the time, which is why I learned how to do a lot of the things that I put into the marketing school. Um, and a lot of the things that I, that I just learned how to do because it was, you know, I'm glad I pushed through the discomfort. So there's a balance there and I don't really know where it is, but for the most part, if you've got some money to invest in hiring virtual assistants, um, then there's a checklist that you need to use when you're actually sending an email with a to-do attached to it. I need this done. So I'm going to read this one from the business Bible, Tim Ferriss's book. Okay. So we're on the green, yeah, the green sticky note this time, not the yellow one. So here's an email he sent to someone in India. I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Dear Somya, thank you. I would like to start with the following task. And then he has the word task underlined, and then he lists the task. I need to find the names of and emails of editors of men's magazines in the US. For example, Maxim, Stuff, GQ, Esquire, Blender, etc., who also have written books. An example of such a person would be AJ Jacobs, who is editor at large of Esquire. And then he puts his website, ajjacobs.com. I already have his information and need more like him. Can you do this? If not, please advise. Then in bold letters, he says, please reply and confirm what you will plan to do to complete this task. Then he has a deadline, just like task, and now there's deadline in all caps. Since I'm in a rush, get started after your next email and stop at three hours and tell me what results you have. Please begin this task now if possible. The deadline for these three hours and reported results is end of day Friday Eastern time. Thank you for your fastest reply, Tim. So you may not speak quite this abruptly to someone in Canada who is your virtual assistant, but if you're speaking to people who English isn't their first language, be direct, be clear, go to upwork.com and shop for people to do the things that are overwhelming you. There's always people available. You will have to give away some personal information and some passwords. Um, there's a website called onepassword.com where you can get passwords for all of your things and you can give one person one username and password so that you know that they have only that username and password. They don't have your actual like username and password. And if they get weird, you can cut them off and they can never access your platform again. So there's, um, there's tools like that out there to help people who want to hire virtual assistants. Lastly, pay per job, not by the hour. This has been huge for me. I've, I hired my first virtual assistant by the hour. And then I flipped the page in the Tim Ferriss Bible and I read the part about not doing that. And I was like, oh shit. So I did it once and then I never did it again. I pay by the job. It sounds like he's paying this person by the hour because he's like, after three hours, you know, I want damage control slash status update from you. So these are, um, these are going to be things that we're going to have to get better at the bigger our businesses get. We can't do everything ourselves and labor is cheap in other countries. So if you're comfortable with that, um, you'll need to learn how to craft emails like this nice and clear and to the point. And um, I wanted you to take another moment to write tasks that you can delegate to a virtual assistant, maybe in another country for $10, you know, per hour. I'm not saying you should pay them by hour, but that's probably going to be the average price you're going to pay them. 
um, things that you can maybe have, you know, three or four virtual assistants you're comfortable with. And you start to kind of, you know, like employees, you start to find that sweet spot of, oh, she's really good at this and he's really good at that. And then you sort of know who to delegate what to. So this is um, homework for you. Bring back that, the, that list of tasks that you could delegate to a virtual assistant. I'm going to ask you to share this next week when we meet. And yeah, what else do I have for you? Yeah, so back to this one is important. It's a big reason why we should explore virtual assistants. So don't work more to overcome, overwhelm, prioritize, eliminate, delegate, and this remove yourself. Oh, we'll cover up the G that's not supposed to be there. Take a one week break quarterly. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And of course I'm doing it for the first time starting tomorrow. Um, I'm taking 10 days to uh, be in the zone. Um, and it's something that Tim Ferriss has preached. Uh, one of my business coaches does it every quarter, looking back on the quarter before, reflecting on what went well, what you want to do more of, and then looking ahead as to what needs to change, where you need to go, and just creating the space in your life to feel, you know, to feel what you're supposed to feel to learn what you're supposed to learn, to absorb those messages you're supposed to absorb. Um, Jane Lennon said that one thing she did that started helping her realize her niche was she just sets aside 15 minutes a day of total silence and she just doesn't let her mind wander. I mean, some call that meditating, right? But she wants to create that 15 minutes of space in her day each day to receive the messages she's meant to receive, whatever that is. So I challenge you to do that uh, once a day if possible and then schedule out a time to to get away to remove yourself from the day to day and to really plan out some time i know financial constraints could could be tricky but uh, maybe it's finding a friend with a holiday trailer that they can go out and turn on the heat for you for <laughs> a, a day and you can sit out there and for free and just have some space and some peace um yeah so create space for new ideas and opportunities to enter in was what i wrote down in my notebook so Oh, I want to mention the buckets, the segments that we've been talking about for your quizzes. Back to Noreen, what you were saying, Noreen, about kind of like mapping out what your product suite looks like or, you know, what those things look like and how they kind of fit. Your three reasons why people are coming to you under each of those columns should be their next steps, their next steps, their next steps, right? And I like to categorize those of you who've done my... Um, my call to action training, you know that I have that graph with the different price points. So free, $1 sign, $2 signs, $3 signs, and then it's just a graph. And then what you can also do at the top is do your three buckets, right? So you've got your three buckets of why they're coming to talk to you, why they want to work with you, what they need from you, the reasons. And then down the side of the graph is the dollar signs. You've got your free stuff at the top, right? Maybe it's that evergreen workshop. And then you've got your $1 sign and your $2 sign and your $3 sign. So that's just an idea because in my mind that works. So for some of you, that might work too. Does that make sense? Okay, lovely to start my day with you ladies as always. I'm seeing all of you, I think, today for a one-on-one. -on -one. So yes, we'll see you soon. Not Carrie. Bye, Carrie. Stay in the zone. Blinders on. <laughs> okay, bye. Wasn't that a heavy hitter? <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here and that you listened to all of that. And I hope you're writing down tons of notes. If you need to add a new business building book or two 
to your shelf, whether you're an audible girl or whether you love physical books, go to fempreneurland.com slash goodreads. The link is also in the show notes and you're gonna find my favorite business building books and there's not a ton of them. So you're not gonna feel overwhelmed and like you have a ton of reading to do. So go over there, check that out and thank you so much as always for sharing this episode and other episodes of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast with women who you feel need to hear them. Have a great day.